set up to play. I'ma make a move. Before the first beer of the tailgate is cracked, before the fans swarm the stands, and before the Hawkeyes take the field, KGYM Sports Radio breaks down this weekend's Iowa football game. This is Before the Boom. Before the Boom. Here's your host, Spencer Wagan. Well, to borrow a phrase from uh, Greeny on uh, ESPN Radio, we are back and better than ever before the boom after the bye week. How many B started uh, words starting with B can I use in this open? Spencer Wagan, my name, host of Spencer Odd Sports, weekdays from 2 until 3 here on KGYM. Across the table, the gym class, Scott Unash and Mark Dukes. You hear them weekdays from 3 until 4. And then one half of the Todd Brommelkamp show with Alex Kuhn, Todd Brommelkamp himself, with the hat he might be eating in six weeks or so. Have you no, looked we can up drop, recipes? We can drop the mite at this point. <laughs> Just resign to, resign to my fate. Have, have you been looking up recipes for the hat? I am. Sautéed, stirred, fried? I'm working on it. Okay. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Boiled. Boiled, <laughs> deep fried hat. I've never heard of. Barbecued. Barbecued. <laughs> yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see how things work out here in the next six weeks or so. But, By the uh, way, don't invite us for that dinner. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll pass. You, you, as, as, as radio broadcasters, you know, we're, we're, we learn early to, uh, to never turn down a free meal, but I will turn down the free meal of deep fried or sauteed hat that uh, Todd is doing at the end of the season here uh, with, uh, with the Iowa football team. But uh, guys, good to have you all back here in the Circus Sports Iowa studio. Hello to the listeners as well. Thanks for checking out the podcast or checking us out uh, in video form on the KGYM Facebook page. Iowa and Ohio State's coming out of the bye week for the Hawkeyes. You get the, the week off and you get to prepare for the number two team in the country. We'll talk about the Buckeyes uh, and the matchup challenges they'll uh, prov- uh, provide for the Hawkeyes this week, coming up later on in the podcast this week. But guys, the bye week is uh, is over. Did you enjoy the bye week? I feel like it's that's a that's a must must ask question uh, for uh, for the players, and I'll ask uh, the panel as well. Did you enjoy your bye week? I did. I got to watch football with scoring. Last week, which was fun, like forty three, forty two, fifty two, forty nine, some really entertaining games to watch. Yeah, Bama, Tennessee, uh, USC, Utah, some really good ones last week. Scott, Mark, did you enjoy your bye week? Yeah, I had a wedding and watching Alabama, Tennessee, on a phone at a table uh, while waiting to eat. It was uh, <laughs> it was classic, and you know, not the first time that has happened, but uh, you know. There were a lot of weddings last week, by the way, because of that bye week. I believe it. And I believe I'm it. sure with Iowa State fans, there are a lot of weddings this week. True. With their bye week. Funny how that happens. I know. I've been told to avoid fall weddings. I'm not a fan of fall weddings, but you know, you got to do it, plan it around your bye week, right? It just makes sense. <laughs> I'm a Todd. Got to watch some games that was highly entertaining. Yeah. And uh, headlined by Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, I don't expect um, much of that in Columbus on Saturday. <laughs> One team might put up 52, and we're not exactly sure it's going to be the, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Before we dive into this week's matchup, guys, uh, let's just kind of assess where we're at with Iowa. You know, 3-3 three and three, uh, overall, 1-2 and two, uh, in the Big Ten. We didn't uh, get a chance to, to, to talk after the uh, the loss to Illinois, the 9-6 to six loss uh, where you know same problems kept popping up, especially on the offensive uh, side of the football with blocking and uh, play calling and, and execution in general. But uh, 
you know, three and three, obviously, and they set this up. The Hawkeyes have talked about, you know, first mm-hmm. season with six games, second part of the season with six games, and you're entering that second part uh, here now. But boy, three and three, one and two, and we heard it from Kirk Ferentz, we heard it from the players, not where they wanted to be uh, after that, uh, that first half of the season. And I think we'd all agree that, uh, you know, compared to last year, obviously, which, you know, remember they won 10 games last year. Uh, this is a, a much more disappointing start than I think a lot of people had expected for this Iowa team. Well, you have two three-point losses, Iowa State and Illinois, that you can argue could have went either way mm-hmm. <clears throat> with any semblance of offense. But that South Dakota State game could have went uh, another way as well. So best-case scenario, Iowa could be 5-1. and one. Could be worse than 3-3. Three and three. But uh, – and going on three on three and four, mm-hmm. so that um, that remaining schedule of all Big Ten West teams is very important. And I, I think at this point, uh, if the outcome is what we expect Saturday, Iowa enters a spoilers role, and maybe vying for that Duke's Mail Bowl. I don't know. Spending the holiday in Detroit, maybe if Detroit. They can. Uh, couple things. Jump out at me. Number one, just looking at things, 236, that number. That's a leading rusher for Iowa after six games. Uh, that doesn't cut it right. in the Iowa offense. The other thing is, what would the narrative be, like Mark said, two three-point losses? If Iowa somehow, I mean, if, okay, let's say that fumble at Illinois is not overturned. Right. Iowa wins the game. What's the narrative if Iowa's 5-1 and one with this offense? Are we still having the... All of the uh, complaining and whining and whatnot. If Iowa was five and one, would people be happy? I don't know. I don't think so. But five and one is a lot better than three and three or three and four at this point. Todd, your your take on the state of the Hawkeye program? Well, I, you know, they the last time these two teams met, Iowa beat them fifty five twenty four. What what can change in five <laughs> years? I mean, it was really recent, right? Um, the the bye week came at a a good time for the team, but I I think this is a bad contest to play coming out of the bye week yeah. because if it was any other team than Ohio State, maybe you could expect to see some tangible results or notice some differences with the offense or or, or just the team in general. Ohio State's going to I think make that very difficult on Saturday. Yeah, you flip flop the Northwestern game when the Ohio State game. Maybe there's a, a little bit different result. Obviously, two different, two completely different programs when you look at Northwestern and Ohio State. The chances of Iowa winning uh, against the Wildcats next week uh, certainly higher than uh, their chances of uh, of uh, taking care of business uh, in Columbus uh, here this week against the number two team in the country. But uh, you guys, uh, Scott and Mark, you're absolutely right. You look at the Iowa State game if. If Monty Potabom doesn't fumble, are we talking about a what was it, twenty-one plays, ninety-nine yard drive to, <laughs> to end the six-game losing streak for the Cyclones? Uh, you know, the Michigan game is what it was. Uh, if the offense is maybe you know there's there's a little bit better play on offense, you're able to keep pace with Michigan. But the Wolverines really dominated that contest, as we saw. And Scott, as you brought up, if Riley Moss is fumble uh, uh, return for a touchdown, what was it, eighty-three yards, mm-hmm. something like Ish. that. If 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 that was not overturned, replay review, uh, you know, goes goes in the Hawkeyes' favor. Uh, you know, maybe we're talking about a five and one team, but you know, we could be talking about four and two. We could be talking about one and five. You know, you don't know how things uh, how things play out in some of these games. But uh, 
three and three, uh, not where they want to be, but could could be worse, could be better. Uh, if we're just going to play things straight down the middle with uh, with this uh, with this uh, this Hawkeye team so far. Uh, you look at uh, what's been going right, and this is something we talk about every week. It's it's been defense, it's been special teams, and the offense continues uh, to to have questions, and particularly uh, with the offensive line, uh, still trying to find their footing. Uh, definitely not uh, not uh, pass blocking well. And uh, Scott, you mentioned it with the two thirty six leading rusher, two thirty six, not run blocking either, and that is uh, that that is a problem. Going forward, and like Todd mentioned, going into a game against Ohio State, who's got a really good defense and a really good offense, it's going to be hard for us to come back here next week and say, hey, we saw progress, because the progress you, you're going to see is going to be probably late in the game uh, when I think, you know, we're all thinking this probably in the back of our minds right now, that progress is going to be shown against Ohio State's second and third string. And that's not going to really tell us much at all, is it? I don't. There's no magic formula. Um, I don't know how much you can get done during a bye week to improve that much. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw John Steppe, the Gazette, wrote a, a really good piece about the attrition in Iowa's offensive line since 2018, since 2019. Variety of reasons, but uh, it hasn't really panned out um, the last few years in terms of offensive linemen. And this is where it starts, I think. And it's always been a razor-thin margin. Matt Campbell's talking about that at Iowa State. Absolutely. It always has been at Iowa. Iowa always plays five, six, seven games, one-score games. And when you go five and one in those, you know, everything's going to be rosy. You go one and five, it's not going to be a very good season. They lost an entire kind of class, like you mentioned. Uh, a couple years of a class, anyway. A rotation, if you will, as far as the offensive line is concerned. And and we're seeing that right now. A lot of youngsters are playing. A lot of guys without a lot of experience. Replacing an All-American at center. Uh, go right down the line. Uh, you got perhaps your best offensive lineman right now playing out of position. Because he has to. It's out of necessity. And all that is not helping uh, as far as the cause uh, of the Iowa offensive woes right now. You put in the fact that Iowa loses two wide receivers in the transfer portal. Uh, They've got two guys out for the year basically due to injuries. Might see one back this week. We'll see. Uh, But, you know, all that together, it just um, does not spell well for the offense, and that's kind of the way it's been. Mason Richmond, uh, sophomore offensive lineman, was actually asked about uh, the O-line play and, and what they can do coming out of the bye uh, and how they can uh, work to improve uh, starting with this game against Ohio State. Here's what Mason had to say earlier this week in Iowa City. Yeah, I think the bye was really good for us. Had a couple good practices, get some uh, Devo work in for our younger guys. Um, O-line-wise, I mean, I think uh, just improvement is just our, our general idea. I mean, there's nothing nothing we're doing too outstandingly like we ain't got to worry about it anymore, but um, you can always get better in a lot of different ways. So it's not really anything specific. I think past game, it's really um, using our hands, um, keeping guys off of us, and then the run game, staying stacked and square and not leaning on guys or anything. So Mason Richmond from earlier this week at the media availability in Iowa City talking about what the offensive line uh, focused on during the break 
and how they can improve uh, going forward. And and we'll talk more about you know the season uh, here uh, and what's to come down the stretch uh, with uh, with the Hawkeyes here. Of course, Ohio State this week. Looking ahead to uh, Mark, as you mentioned, uh, the Big Ten West uh, heavy schedule here uh, for the uh, the rest of the slate uh, heading into November and into De- uh, well, hopefully December if you're looking at a possible Big Ten West uh, a championship. But uh, uh, guys, uh, it, it, it's a tough spot to be in. Uh, obviously, uh, it, you know these, these guys know that uh, they. They fell short of what their goals uh, were for that first half, but if you're looking at at it from an optimist point of view, uh, right? There's there's still six games left. Uh, you, the deck stacked against you here this week against the number two team in the country, but uh, still opportunities here for Iowa to to, to win some games and uh, uh, stack some some positives uh, together, and uh, you know hopefully uh, get back on the right track. But from what we've seen so far, my confidence level in uh, in that happening is is pretty low. Well, throw out Ohio State. I mean, more than likely, things aren't going to go well in Columbus. The rest of the five games, I mean, are we all in agreement that Iowa can win any of those five games? They can also lose any of those five games or some combination in there. So, you know, like you said, the season is not dead yet. Um, Anything can happen in the Big Ten West. It's (laughs) We've proven that so far. Uh, two weeks ago, we thought Minnesota was going to run over everyone. Now it's uh, Illinois or Purdue is going <laughs> to run over everyone. And I'm sure that's going to change in two more weeks. Uh, and maybe it's Iowa we're talking about after a couple games after Ohio State. I don't know. But, you know, it's going to, those last five games are going to be very, very interesting. Uh, even though Michigan has improved, I, I'm wondering if Ohio State might be the best team in the country. I mean, that's. Maybe a reach when you saw Tennessee and Alabama play and you see Georgia play. Mm-hmm. But just statistically, I mean, things are through the roof on offense and defense. Um, four guys on the midseason All-America team, right? Yep. On offense. <clears throat> and you're getting, getting a wide receiver back who was a star of the Big Ten champion, not the Big Ten championship game, but the bowl game. Right. Rose Bowl. Um, yeah. So this is a daunting task. Ohio State coming in six and zero and three and zero. We'll talk about them momentarily. But to to, to your point, uh, Scott, about the schedule, take out Ohio State, Northwestern here uh, coming up next week. Uh, the two thirty kickoff for homecoming. The two games that and Todd, I know you've uh, you've been talking about this too. The two games that I foresee that are likely losses in the final stretch here are Purdue and Minnesota. I just I. I Purdue I've marked as a loss since since we started talking about the the preseason predictions. Minnesota I think is going to be an incredibly tough game because uh, the Gophers want uh, want that pig uh, back. We have the pig, by the way. Should I grab it here for our, our viewers or on Facebook? The, we don't have to worry about the, the losing pig. him. No, this is this Win is ours. Lose, this is stays. ours. We cannot give this away to the Gophers. That is for sure. Uh, but uh, uh, Minnesota I think is going to be a tough game. But you've seen Northwestern. Not a good football team this year. I have Wisconsin marked as a loss. However, Wisconsin is so hard to tell what they are right now. Uh, looking really good against Northwestern, but then losing in, in double overtime to Michigan State. And then who knows what you're going to get with uh, with Nebraska, because they certainly cannot stop anybody uh, on on uh, on defense. <laughs> Again, the Huskers, the Blackshirts, are not living up to their name here for uh, tw- uh, for another 
season. But uh, Todd, I know you mentioned it too. Purdue and Minnesota, you know, those are going to be some tough games, but uh, some some winnable games in that stretch too. Yeah, you know, you get past the Ohio State game, and and it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could win out and go eight and four. We had Matt Peralta on on the program on Monday. Talked about eight and four Ference. That's what he's called him even since he was doing his Des Moines radio show all those years ago. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't bet on them winning all those games in a row. Like you said, the two road games I think are gonna be the most difficult. I'm really interested to see what happens between Purdue and Wisconsin on Saturday. Yeah. Badgers are a short favorite there, but like you said, they lost to Michigan State in East Lansing last week. It's really difficult to win in this conference on the road, and Iowa's got two pretty tough road games in that final cluster there. But if they can if they can manage to win the home games, only lose the road games, you get to six and six, you get to a bowl game, and then you can start looking ahead to next year. It's big it, if. It, true. It's interesting, and, and you know, this is an Iowa football podcast, Hawkeye football podcast. So, you know, some of our listeners and viewers probably don't want to hear me talk about Iowa State. But it's interesting how this season has kind of played out. In and you look at the scenario Todd just described. You know, can you can you win the home games, and if you lose all the road games, you're going to end up six and six. <laughs> well, mm. you look at Iowa State's uh, record here. They're uh, they're three and four. They've got three home games and two road games. Got to win the home games, and if they drop the uh, the tough road games that they have too, you're looking at a six and six team out west too. So uh, that battle back on September 10th was between two possibly six and six teams. Of course, still got to play the games uh, before that uh, before that plays out. But let's move on. Uh, Ohio State this week, guys, six and zero, three and zero. Since that opening test against Notre Dame, uh, they have run through all their opponents, uh, beating Arkansas State beating Toledo, putting up 77 points in the Rockets, crushing Wisconsin, uh, beating Rutgers pretty soundly, 49-10. to 10. And then uh, just before their bye week, which was last week as well, uh, they ran over Michigan State 49-20. to 20. C.J. Stroud with an incredible game. He had six touchdowns, uh, touchdown passes in that contest against the Spartans. Uh, Mark, you brought it up briefly, this Ohio State offense uh, doing what they're doing Without Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's he's played in basically parts of two games. I, I mentioned that uh, on my show, Spencer on Sports, earlier this week. He's played in parts of two games. When you see that on their players to watch, that their star receiver has played in parts of two games in 2022, and yet they're still putting up the points and the numbers that they are. You know this team is loaded at both receiver and at tight end and at running back, too, so... Uh, I don't know how much diving you've uh, done into this Ohio State team, but uh, how how does Iowa's defense begin to stop a team with so many weapons like Ohio State, guys? It's tough for anyone, but this will be the best defense Ohio State will have played, in my mind. I don't think there's any question about that. Iowa, a top-ten defense. But when you can spread the field with those three guys um, – Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, Igbuka and and uh, Jackson Smith uh, Jigba. I mean that's tough. And then you get two running backs mm-hmm. that are highly effective, averaging six seven yards a game. And now they have been nicked up a little bit. We'll see about their availability on Saturday. But and then you throw in Stroud, who's <laughs> a Heisman Trophy finalist last year, and that's tough go. 
Stroud's the uh, going into the year was the favorite. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt to win the Heisman. He's right there right now uh, among the top guys anyway. And like Mark said, it, where do you start? I mean, you, you got to start with Stroud. I think uh, he's the head of the snake, so to speak. He, he can't. He can beat you with his arm. He can beat you with his legs. Uh, you have to keep him in the pocket. That's the first thing. Uh, try to collapse that pocket. Ohio State's got a great offensive line, um, including one All-American in there, midseason All-American. It's just uh, you know they're going to get theirs. You, I think it's going to be going back to the old Parker Foundation. Bend but don't break a little bit. You're going to give up some yards, but instead of touchdowns, maybe hold them to field goals uh, if you can. Uh, that could be a win in some uh, instances. And defensive secondary, no matter how good it is for Iowa, and it is very, very good, but they've got to get some heat on Stroud. Or if he sits back there all day, there's there's nobody in the country that's going to guard those three guys uh, one-on-one. And, yeah, good luck. Good luck, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> the best game plan uh of, uh, of the season is needed to face uh, this Ohio State team. You mentioned the running backs, too. Uh, Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, too, the guys that uh, Hawkeye fans are going to hear a lot about. Henderson and Williams both uh, had 100-yard games against Wisconsin. Uh, Henderson with 121, Williams with 101. And then uh, Henderson had a 118-yard performance against the Spartans two weeks back, and Williams put up 189 versus Rutgers. So, uh, not only through the air, but also on the ground. And uh, C.J. Stroud uh, as well, you mentioned him, uh, just a, a fantastic uh, player at quarterback. Uh, it seems to be, <clears throat> and uh, this is uh, the favorite of everybody on social media, dunking on the Iowa offense on, on Twitter. Uh, saw this uh, earlier this week. Uh, three players with more offensive touchdowns on Ohio State's roster than Iowa has as a team. C.J. Stroud with 24 Marvin Harrison Jr. has nine. Mayan Williams has eight. The entire Iowa offense has seven mm-hmm. as a team. Uh, so that is uh, that is not the stats you want to see your name uh, under for the Iowa offense. But uh, you know, at this point of the season, it is what it is going into uh, this contest with uh, Ohio State. Uh, I know Riley Moss uh, met with uh, the media. He was one of the players available uh, this week and uh, talked about going against a tough Ohio State wide receiver core. Here's what Riley had to say in Iowa City. Obviously, you know, they're, they're vertical threats, so um, you really got to be good with your hands and feet um, at the line and stuff. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest thing is just uh, handling your responsibility and, and um, playing smart football um, because, you know, the thing about Ohio State is they kill you with the big plays. So um, if, we, if we make them earn it um, and, and, you know, make them kind of drive down the field, um, that's, that's a win in our book. So I think just eliminating the big plays and, and um, forcing them to kind of have to work for their yardage. How challenging is that going to be? Um, you know, I don't know. We'll see on Saturday. Um, you know, they're big. They're always athletic and stuff. But, um, you know, our defense, we got a bunch of blue-collar guys who like to hit people in the mouth. And, and um, you know, I kind of love that. So, you feel like your defense is designed for, you know, high-powered offenses in a way? Or... Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a lot different um, than a lot of defenses in the country that you know those high-powered offenses face because you know there's a lot of a lot of man coverage and stuff uh, with a lot of these defenses nowadays and you know we play you know a lot of zone and stuff just make people earn it so um, it, it is a little bit different and, and we make them work for it so. They're favored by 29. Is that motivation for you? 
Uh, we don't really look at that. You know, we're, we're going to go out and, and play football and whatever the score is, wherever the score is. Um, so we're just going to give it our all and, and uh, fly around. That's been talked about a lot, I know, on all of our local shows uh, with the, the point spread for this one, uh, 29, 29 and a half. Uh, might be at 30 at some points by the time people uh, hear or listen to this podcast. Uh, a, a big underdog are the Hawkeyes. The question I want to ask you guys, and, and I saw some some uh, some talk about this uh, online earlier this week. In every game, you can try to find a path to victory, uh, whether you're talking about Iowa or, or whoever you're talking about. Is there a path to victory for the Hawkeyes in this game? Because I, it, it's really, really tough. To find one, Todd, can you find a path to victory for Iowa in this game? An outbreak of Legionnaires' disease at the <laughs> Ohio State Hotel the day before the game. No, there's no path to victory. Uh, the the stats when you look at Iowa's offense going up against Ohio State's defense, I just there's no way that Iowa's going to be able to score enough points. We talked about Wisconsin and and Ohio State, and then. Iowa gets compared to Wisconsin all the time. Ohio State scored 52 points mm-hmm. on a pretty good Wisconsin defense. I have no idea what they're going to do on Saturday, but the statistic that I saw on Thursday that was really alarming came from the Bear on college game day. Iowa has made 12 trips to the red zone all season. Ohio State has 27 red zone touchdowns. I mean, that's you want to talk about the golf here. Uh, Ohio State. Top 10 defense in the country. They have allowed 75 total first downs all season. We're halfway through the season. Right. 75 first downs. I just I don't see how Iowa can successfully move the ball against this defense and I think this game could get ugly. Go back to what Scott said and uh, you know if you want to make this a beauty contest and make yourself look good, cover the spread, mm-hmm. whatnot, I think the best case scenario is you know to play don't give up those big plays uh, and make Ohio State drive the ball. But Todd's quite right. Ohio State's 29 of 29 in the red zone with 27 touchdowns. So pick your poison, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I don't see a path to victory. It, there's got to have to be some really, really odd stuff. Really, really odd Some stuff. Multiple fumble rooskies. And, uh... Well, I mean... <laughs> But who thought Woodshed would happen? True. True. I mean, I'm not calling it. Patrick you know, Mahomes. Folks, I am not calling that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're going to have to get multiple turnovers, and they're going to have to be short fields. Uh, Constant rainstorm. It's going to have to be something. <laughs> Massive like, blizzard. Yeah, it's going to have to be something hey, like if that. If we're talking about the weather, let's note that the weather's supposed to be really nice in eastern Iowa <laughs> on true. Saturday. And people are going to be able to winterize the house and get things ready for, I mean, I there's a chance that the first half could be compelling. Right. The Iowa defense can keep this a close game in the first half. I think the second half is probably the perfect time to go mow that lawn one last time, get the snow blower ready, get the hoses in, get the water out of them, do whatever you need to do. String of Christmas a, lights. I, oh, no, 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 no. Lights no. October up. is not for Christmas, Christmas lights. Christmas lights are coming up this weekend in eastern Iowa after <laughs> halftime. Christmas cards are in grocery stores, and it's not even Halloween. I saw the first Christmas commercial last weekend. Last weekend. I was I made was a mental note. A couple different big box retailers. I'm not sure if I can mention them on the station, but walked through the Christmas ornament aisle 
And it's also uh, a toy season at one of said big box retailers. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it it's uh, October 20th, weekend of October 21st, 22nd, and here we are talking Christmas. But I, I agree. It's it's You talk about wearing down, and, and it's... I think it's going to be just like the Michigan game. I mean, honestly, I think Ohio State, and you mentioned that Wisconsin game. Wisconsin has, a, I mean, they're not good, but they're they're a solid offense. They have Braylon Allen. Graham Mertz has moments here and there where he looks good. In other games, he looks terrible. Uh, he's just as much responsible for, for the downfall of the Badgers and Paul Christ uh, as, as Paul Christ himself, uh, in my humble opinion. But Wisconsin has... Uh, an offense that can get you places, and they rode Braylon Allen in that game. And Ohio State still beat him fifty-two to twenty-one, mm-hmm. and they intercepted C.J. Stroud once and turned that into points, but it, it still wasn't enough. The thing about this the, is the Iowa defense is going to wear down quickly. Yeah, and let's face it, it's twenty twenty-two. We've talked about it all this week. Ohio State's got to look good. Yeah. I mean, ran a, keep in mind Greg Schiano. They ran a fake punt at the the end of the (laughs) Rutgers game to try to get more points. It's a beauty contest now. You just can't win by, you know, two touchdowns at home if you're Ohio State against Iowa. You got to make it look good, or you're going to slip in the polls. I mean, it's that simple. It's I don't agree with it, but that's the way it is. Ohio State, and I mentioned this on my show earlier this week too. They got bigger fish to fry, obviously being the number two team in the country at this point. Looking ahead to uh, the game against uh, the revenge game against that team up north coming up on the 26th uh, on Big Noon kickoff. Obviously, a potential spot in the Big Ten title game, possible playoff spot. They've also got a game against Penn State next week. Poor Northwestern on November 5th taking on the Buckeyes. Predict the spread. What is Ohio State Northwestern? Where's that game? Uh, it is in Evanston. 38. 38? Okay. <laughs> November 5th. Must not see TV. Keep in mind, CBS does not want to watch and show Tennessee, (laughs) Alabama, Georgia at Dow. Yeah, it's yeah, it is what it is with the uh, with the TV deal. We'll get into the Big Ten here momentarily. Want to remind folks that uh, you're listening to the Before the Boom podcast here from KGYM. It's brought to you by our friends at Edith Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot. They are a hidden treasure on the banks of Squaw Creek, serving up down home meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Got a Friday night special of season prime rib. It's been smoking all day long. Also, a Saturday night special smoked barbecue brisket. You can try that too. Got great food and hospitality in a rustic, family friendly atmosphere. It's Edith Lucille's Bait Shack and Wing Depot. They've got carry out available for you too. Their menu at baitshackfun.com. Guys, I uh, do want to get this clip in here. I know we've ran this a couple different times uh, during the week, but you mentioned, Todd, you mentioned the 55 24 game. I, I think. You know, as someone who's followed the Hawkeyes my entire life, I want this meme to continue because it's, I mean, how did that happen? Do we, do we, we figured out how that happened back in 2017? But this has come up. The 55 24 game has come up this week in uh, Columbus, and Ryan Day was uh, asked about it at his press conference earlier this week. It feels like a, a lifetime ago, but you were on the staff in 2017. Kevin was, Tony was, Brian was. How much recollection is there of what happened against Iowa in 2017 and was that as you look back on it is it game plan is it execution what was it about that day that caused it to go the way it did in your perspective and how do you feel it relates to this weekend that's a scar that doesn't go away 
Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've felt it this week for sure. Um, you know, that, that week in particular, we was coming off the Penn State win, which is an emotional win, going into Kinnick, which is a very difficult place to play. And we turned the ball over at that, you know, first play of the game was a pick six. I think it was the first play of the game. And then we fought ourselves back, but then turned the ball over too many times. And, uh, and you know, took a tough, that was a tough day for all of us. So, yeah, anytime you have a scar like that, it's real. And, um, we, you know, we've talked about it a lot to our staff. We talked a lot about it to our players. We've talked a lot about, um, you know, as an offensive staff, and we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, this, this team, um, you know, it was always difficult to beat. Doesn't matter what year it was and or what year it is, and then that year was was no different than it is this year. It's a scar for Ryan Day. Why would he focus on that? <laughs> Motivation. Why Mark? would he spend time Motivation. with his staff and players? Players weren't there then. Joe Burrow was still in Ohio State, if I remember right. Yeah, like when uh, Jeff Okuda was too. That should scare the hell out of you <laughs> if you're an Iowa fan. Yeah, but yeah. They're talking. They're talking more about that score in Columbus than they are in Iowa City this week. Yeah. It's it's not good that the number two team in the nation is getting motivation from a five year old game, and uh, the game kept him out of the out of the college football playoff uh, in twenty seventeen. So that's why I think it'll get ugly in Columbus. We'll get to our predictions here in just a bit, but first to look around the Big Ten, like I mentioned, the two highlight games for me, guys: uh, Purdue at Wisconsin, Minnesota at Penn State. We also have Indiana at Rutgers. If you're so inclined to watch that, Godspeed to you. Uh, and then Maryland, who might be without Talia Tagovailoa, but they're still a uh, two-touchdown favorite against uh, Northwestern. Uh, Purdue-Wisconsin, the Badgers have owned Purdue 15 straight wins over the Boilermakers. In fact, I looked it up. Purdue's last win was in 2003. Jim Leonard returned to punt for a touchdown in that mm-hmm. game. The current interim coach was still playing the last time Purdue beat Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, I don't know if it was in Madison or, or in West Lafayette for that win, but uh, it's been a while and uh, going to be interesting to see how Purdue uh, goes into Madison with uh, with a chance to uh, continue to stay atop the uh, the Big Ten West. Purdue wins at Wisconsin. I think it's going to win the West. I do too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illinois has to play Michigan yet. Yep. But you look at Purdue's schedule, much more favorable than Illinois's. Uh, but they do meet. Right uh, in November, and I don't remember whether that's Champagne. I think it's in Champagne. Okay, yeah. so that's obviously going to be a pivotal game. But if Purdue can get by this one, might be cruising to a championship. And that in Wisconsin's then out. Yep, they'd be one For and sure. four in the Big Ten. Then out. Yeah, they at Wisconsin currently one and three in the Big Ten, three and four overall. So that would make them one and four, three and five. So yeah, they they would be done. In in uh, I think I, th- I think they're already well, <laughs> they're on the verge of being done. There, I mean, the Big Ten West is no so, one's done yet. <laughs> that's in the true. Big Ten West, <laughs> I mean, except for except for maybe Northwestern, uh, but uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, then Minnesota, Penn State, uh, Minnesota. I know Tanner Morgan, uh, he got knocked out of the game against Illinois. There's some question whether he's going to play. Penn State coming off that loss, they, they played pretty well for a half against Michigan, but Michigan said, okay, we're going to hand the ball to. Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and just run it right down your throat. Uh, and uh, I think that's the whiteout game. Kind of weird Penn State would do the whiteout for Minnesota instead of Ohio State, but maybe you just want to switch it up a little bit. But uh, I think Penn State, I don't know. Minnesota's got a decent chance, but Penn State's uh, Penn State's got some motivation this week, don't they? Yeah. I wasn't real impressed by Penn State last week. 
to be honest with you, in that Michigan game. They got dominated. Game. They could have yeah, lost that did. game big. I mean, Michigan gave them 14, yeah. uh, basically. I mean, that thing could have been a shutout real easy. And now, Ibrahim going to have 200 yards? <laughs> he yeah. is. I'll, I'll ride with Minnesota a little bit, but uh, I think Penn State will probably hold on in that one. Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, and Nebraska are all on their bye week this week. Of course, uh, Michigan and Ohio State. The Wolverines 4-0, 7-0, while Ohio State 3-0 and 6-0. Illinois and Purdue currently tied atop the West at 3-1. The Illini 6-1, while Purdue is 5-2. Guys, time for those predictions. I I assume, are we all taking Ohio State? And is anyone in here, raise your hand if you're picking Iowa. Okay, nobody's raising their hand. Okay, just go around the room. What do you think happens? What's your final score prediction? Well, on the one hand, I think Ohio State may be able to name the score, score, but I want to give Iowa's defense the benefit of the doubt. And I'm not sure it's going to – it's not going to totally shut down Ohio State, but um, I've got this at 38-10. to I was going to go 55-24, but I don't think Iowa can (laughs) score 24. 24 is an offensive explosion. Uh, I, I, Iowa's defense is just going to get tired. Mm. Just going to get tired. Okay, I'll throw out. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be forty-five to seven. Forty-five to seven, and the worst case scenario may happen where the seven comes late in the game against Ohio State's twos and threes with a different quarterback for Iowa. Joe, Joe Labus, no. <laughs> Nope. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, at least you've got the offense scoring the seven points. I think most people would look and say the defense would be responsible for a pick six or something there. Uh, the the team total at FanDuel for this game has Iowa over under nine and a half total points. Now they can go over that if, like that Wisconsin game, Wisconsin scored twenty one points. Fourteen came in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. when Ohio State had the basically the junior varsity in there at the. The problem for me is I don't know if this Iowa offense is good enough to even move the ball against the JV squad that mm-hmm. Ohio State's capable of putting out there. I'm going to be optimistic here. I'm going to say Iowa, the defense, they hang. The first half is at least interesting, maybe like 17-3, somewhere in that neck of the woods. I got this at about 37-6. to I think it's going to be very similar to the Big Ten championship game from last year, so I'm going to give it the identical score, 42-3. to And I think the three comes late. Uh, if a touchdown is scored, it's uh, courtesy of uh, the defense giving a short field or uh, whoever it may be at quarterback, Scott, <laughs> getting into the end zone uh, late in the game. But uh, I just don't see Iowa's offense uh, keeping up uh, with, with Ohio State in this one. So, Across the board, we've got Ohio State winning, uh, dropping Iowa to three and four and one and three in the Big Ten, and uh, that sets up an interesting showdown with a uh, Northwestern team that has been the thorniest thing in the Iowa side for quite some time. And we'll talk about that next week on the podcast, guys. Thanks, uh, good to see you all again. We'll talk uh, next week on the show. Any final thoughts before we uh, step out of here? Zero is the optimum number for Iowa, as in significant injuries. True. Zero. Yeah, that's true. Any anything else? Anything? For I, the I just yeah. Any thoughts about your favorite NFL keep, team? We can't talk. Keep baseball in mind, either. Ohio State <laughs> is one of the best teams in the country. They could win a national championship. So 
you know, use that information as you will this weekend. Make sure all the water is out of your hoses before you <laughs> store them in the garage for the winter. Second half. Second half. Second half is time to do some chores. There's nice nature trails all around the Cedar Rapids area. Mount Trashmore is still open. It is. It is. Cedar Valley Nature Trail. I might be hitting that up uh, late in the second half. We'll see. All right. Thanks for checking out the Before the Boot podcast here, uh, courtesy of KGYM. And we'll talk to you next week. KGYM Sports Radio brings you the best in Iowa football pregame programming with the Before the Boom podcast. Listen to the podcast each week before Iowa takes the field. Available on the KGYN app or wherever you get your podcasts.